Welcome back to another installment of To Honesty and Comeuppance, an Attack on Titan fanfiction written by yours truly, Tolstoy Ackerman. You can find this fanfiction either by visiting the website on my profile page, which will take you to all of my works hosted on AO3, or you can go directly to AO3 and search either my author name, Tolstoy Ackerman, or the title of this fic, To Honesty and Comeuppance. Standard disclaimer, I do not own Attack on Titan, I only own the original characters here within, and this is entirely non-for-profit. Thanks so very much for coming back for another installment. I am very, very happy to have you here with me. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it for me for now. Let's get right into it. Without further ado, I bring to you Chapter 11. Chapter 11, The Night Market Is that an order, Captain? Himmel asked. Levi was buttoning a clean shirt up. No, you can do as you please. I'll think about it then. Being as her right hand was tender and sparring with it could rip open the stitches, Levi had her sit beside Eden and sew up their shirts and then wash them. Eden seemed happy to have someone on the bench beside him, but Himmel could see the envious look in his eyes as he watched the others, could see how his entire body was tense, as though he were ready to jump up and join at any second. It's incredible how in tune they are with each other, Eden said presently. You can tell that they all know exactly how the others think, how they move, what they'll do. It almost feels like I'm watching a dance. Himmel nodded. It's really different from sparring back when we were recruits. I don't think there was anyone out of all of us that could move together so flawlessly. Even Hannah and Franz, they were useless when they sparred together. They were both too scared to hurt each other. Eden and Himmel shared a quiet moment. They had been just two of many of their comrades that they would never see again. You and Levi Hachel were awesome, Eden said, pivoting. Everyone was watching you two. Really? We only ended up sparring for a few minutes. Yeah, but you guys, I know the captain got you in the end, but if it had just been hand-to-hand, -hand, I don't know who would have won. We know each other too well to actually defeat one another, but Levi's always been better with a knife than I have. What was that thing you said before you threw him? The thing about the apples? Oh! Himmel laughed. That's part of our cant. Cant? A complicated set of code words. So, what's apples mean? There's only five people in all of humanity that know it. Sorry. Eden looked disappointed. Oi, you two. Push-ups. Yes, Captain, how many? Levi didn't even bother to look away from his spar with Petra. Until I say. Eden and Himmel sighed and got down on the ground. That night, Eden and Himmel got the full freshman treatment again, left to fill the baths while the others made dinner. But it was a routine, and a comfortable one at that, so neither objected. After eating and chatting for a while, everyone retired for the night. When Himmel closed the door to her room behind her, an uneasiness swept through her. Levi had kissed her and invited her to his room tonight. What he had said earlier that day had been so very true. They understood one another better than anyone else, Yet, while she understood his need for company, she didn't know exactly what shape he wanted that company to take. And, for that matter, did Himmel know what shape she wanted it to take? Before Levi had found her blood-soaked on the streets that night, she hadn't had any concept of love or compassion. But when he got her cleaned up and took her in, she had understood on an instinctual level that he was a good person, and that she wanted to be with him. At the time, they had been seven, so, of course, neither of them held romantic feelings towards one another. 
She had valued his kindness, his quick wit, sharp tongue, and no-nonsense attitude, as well as his tenacity. And as she learned the ways of the world from him and the people around her, her own personality had bloomed into being. The two of them differed, but they were unified by their will not just to survive the Undercity, but to make it their plaything. She had trusted him with anything and everything, and that was why his inevitable departure had hurt her as deeply as it had. But she had understood then why he had made the decision to leave her, and to this day she knew that it had been the right choice for the both of them. Now, over a decade after they had parted ways, they were back together, and Himmel wasn't sure what to do. It was all too clear that both of them wanted to muddle the lines of commanding officer and subordinate like they had once dared to blur the lines of friends and lovers long ago. Last time it had led to disaster, and they had no guarantee that this time would be any different. Himmel was also well aware that Levi was twice as bent on figuring out her secret, and she worried that the closer they became, the more likely he would be to learn it. And of all the people in this world, he was the absolute last person she wanted to know. She was fine with losing him because they couldn't see eye to eye or because he loved someone else. But if he left her because he learned that she was a monster hiding in a human skin, she would never recover. The closed door of her room loomed in the moonlight like a great raised drawbridge. Should she lower it and cross over into the unknown of Levi's room? Himmel shook the anxiety out of herself as she changed out of her uniform and into her bedclothes, a simple white shirt and pants. After sleeping for a few hours, she got up and, nervously, tiptoed to Levi's room across the hall and knocked softly. He opened the door for her in a moment and then closed it behind her. A candle was lit on the desk beside his bed, and it appeared as though he had been reading, judging by the open book on the bed. He was in his uniform, though he had taken off all of the belts and ODM gear. "'What'd you bring?' he asked. "'Myself?' He gave her a long look. You're going to be bored, then. Levi sat back down on the bed, back against the wall, book in hand. Himmel stared at him for a few seconds, wrestling with the surprising weight of her disappointment and embarrassment at having misread him. Then she went back to her room and grabbed a couple thick sticks she had gathered earlier, as well as a small pail and her knife. When she came back into his room and closed the door, he kept reading, but patted the space on the bed beside him. So he really did just want company. Himmel got into the bed and sat beside him, arm to arm and leg to leg. He didn't object, so she took a stick and her knife out of her little pail and began to carve. What are you making? Haven't decided yet. Got a request? No. She chuckled. <laughs> I saw a really pretty bird today. I think maybe I'll try to make him. Don't get wood shavings on the bed. Oh, I wouldn't dare. And that was it. The evening hours passed by, with nothing but the sounds of pages turning and the gentle scrape of the blade on wood. When did you pick up that hobby? he asked. I can't remember. Sometime after you left. That's when I started reading, too. She paused her handiwork and tilted her head to rest against his shoulder briefly before resuming. I wonder why everybody else needs to sleep for so long. It's such a waste of time, she said. Maybe they've got better dreams than we do. Levi said. The special operations team fell into a comfortable rhythm over the next few days. Breakfast, various training, dinner together, and once everyone else had gone to sleep, Himmel would enter Levi's room with a book or piece of wood. They didn't talk much, but they didn't really have to. A couple hours before light, the two of them would part and start their days. 
They hadn't gotten physical since that day he had stitched up her hand and kissed her, but that was okay. She was in no hurry, and was still concerned about what would happen if feelings were thrown into the mix. Hanji Zoe arrived with a couple of their men, and Himmel was excited to finally get a chance to talk with them. She had worked with Hanji very briefly while exterminating the rest of the Titans in Trost, but that had been it. Hanji had seemed as eccentric as they came, but in a good way. Oh, Himmel! Hanji cried, almost as soon as they saw her. How are your swords? They're perfect. I can't thank you enough. Don't suppose I could get some kind of demonstration while I'm here? On an actual Titan? Oh, no. I brought everything we need to make dummies. Oh, a real Titan would have been a lot more fun, but sure. Fun? Levi said. Better rethink your wording. Hanji pulled Himmel into a hug without warning. We're going to get along so well. I can just tell. The day was spent mostly with the group coordinating with Hanji and devising ways of testing Eden. Lots of sitting down, planning, and discussion. Himmel was reminded that she had been brought here by Levi in order to help keep Eden safe, and to keep others safe from him. It was so easy to forget until they were drawing diagrams of how they'd cut Eden out of his Titan body in a second-to-worst-case scenario, the first-worst-case scenario being simply slaughtering him. That night after dinner, Hanji began speaking about the two Titans they had managed to capture. The mood in the entire room shifted immediately when Eden asked to learn more, and Himmel watched in surprise as everyone stood up to leave. Oh, Himmel, you want to hear about our experiments too? Hanji asked eagerly. E Suddenly, she was picked up by the collar of her jacket and dragged away from Hanji and Eden. She needs sleep if you're going to put her through tests tomorrow. Oi, Levi, Himmel said. It's the latest information about Titans. He just dragged her up the stairs, her boots thunking against each step. You're a total ass, she said. And yet you're not trying to wrestle free. You're supposed to be making me a tamed soldier, aren't you? I'm trying to follow orders. You. Tamed. I can't imagine such a world. She laughed as they reached the top of the stairs, and he tossed her gently in the direction of her room. A few hours later, Himmel was rested, changed into her pajamas, and had a book. It was one Hanji had loaned her on the technology of the swords used by soldiers. Himmel was hoping she could learn more about her own sword through it, though it was unlikely. By this point, Himmel didn't even bother to knock on Levi's door. He knew roughly when she would arrive, and the more discretion they used, the better. It still wasn't as though they were doing anything that would get them into trouble, but, well, it would raise questions. Tonight, Levi was sitting in bed in his usual spot, in his usual clothes. He had undone all of the ODM gear belts, though, and for a moment, he almost looked civilian. Unlike the previous nights, he didn't have a book in his lap. He sat there with nothing to occupy him, and Himmel wondered what he intended to waste away the night with. Before you start to read, he said, let me check your hand. Hmm? Himmel was already crawling into bed, sidling up to him. The one with stitches. I want to see how it's healing. Oh, she had nearly forgotten about it. She put the book down and gave him her hand, which he took in both of his and held closer to the candlelight. The stitches were red and puckered, and he ran a thumb over the wound. This is infected, you fucking idiot, he said. Doesn't it hurt? Not really, no. Irritated, he rose to his feet and slid on his boots. Don't move. Levi was gone in a sudden whirlwind of movement, and Himmel was left sitting there, wondering what had him so worked up. She took a spot in the corner, closer to the candle on the nearby desk, and looked at the hand. Now that she examined it, it was rather red and weepy. She brushed a finger across it, but nothing registered. Even pressing down on it brought her no sensation. 
The door opened and Levi returned, holding a menagerie of first aid supplies. He laid everything out on the desk, a clean washcloth, a kettle of warm water, cotton swabs, antiseptic, bandages, and a pin to keep them in place. It's not, it's your right hand, Mel. You'd be absolutely useless if you lost it. She gave him an incredulous look. I wouldn't lose a hand over a scratch like this. He looked furious as he threw the water in his basin out the window and filled it with steaming water from the kettle. He dipped the cloth into it, wrung it out, and dabbed at her hand. Doesn't it sting? Didn't it pulse and ache all day? I didn't notice anything. Levi studied her expression for a moment, and without warning, punched her in the arm, hard. You'll leave a bruise, she hissed. Mel, he said slowly, I hit you hard enough to bruise, and almost to break the bone. Yeah, and you're an absolute dick for it. No, Mel, it should have hurt like hell. You didn't even blink. Himmel's brow knit, and she would have frowned if she could. I learned how to turn off pain a long time ago. Why? I don't know. Is it because of what happened to you when you were a child? She looked away from him and to her lap. Sometimes I just needed to not feel anything, so I'd pretend I was up high in the sky, far away from whatever was happening. I used to have control of that switch, but in the past year or so I've lost it. When, exactly? She didn't want to say because she feared he would jump to the wrong conclusion. But then again, she wasn't entirely sure what the right conclusion was. She only knew that there was one conclusion she didn't want to be true. I stopped noticing pain when I lost those three men, she admitted. Well, you need to find a way to get that sensation back. Soldiers need pain. Without it or fear, they die stupid deaths. What if... It's like my smile, and this is just how I am for good from now on, she whispered. He stopped cleaning her wound and took her chin in his hand, forcing her to meet his steely gaze. Mel, if there's one thing I've learned, it's that nothing in this world is permanent. I believe you can change your smile, and you can bring back the pain, too. You just need to figure out the way. She sighed. Figure it out. That's an order, Levi said. Yes, sir. He went back to tending to her hand. Once he seemed certain that it was sufficiently sanitized, he bandaged it carefully and pinned the bandage in place. Now take off your nightgown and let me see your arm. Levi, do it now. She gave him her most displeased look, then rose up on her knees. As she took the hem of the nightgown in her hands, she wondered if he realized that she wasn't wearing a bra. When she pulled the garment over her head and then sat it down beside them, shaking her hair a bit to fix it, and saw the way his mouth dropped open for a brief moment, she knew that he hadn't thought this far. See? she said, turning herself so that she was facing him directly. The arm is fine. Fine. He wasn't even looking at her arm. So, now what would you like me to do? she asked. He paused for the briefest of moments, and then he seemed to collect himself. He put the rest of the first aid supplies on the desk, arranging them precisely, before turning back to her. Their knees were touching, and Himmel sat there, inches from him, wondering what he was planning. Take off my ascot. Himmel hated how good he was at keeping his expression neutral when he wanted to. All she could see was the slightest hint of amusement in his eyes as he stared into hers. 
She drew closer and dared to skate her fingers up his chest before reaching the ascot, which she untied slowly. She folded it up neatly and placed it on top of her nightgown. Now unbutton my shirt. Nervousness lanced through her, and she couldn't say why. Maybe it was because she didn't know what was going to happen next. Or maybe it was because she did know what was going to happen next. Himmel undid each button slowly, tugging up on his shirt to untuck it, and her fingers lingered unnecessarily long at the bottommost ones. If she reached forward just a little bit more, if she grazed his trousers, would she find something waiting for her there? She resisted the impulse and slipped her hands into his shirt, splayed her palms across his chest, and slid his shirt off. God, even in this weak candlelight, he was so nice to look at. If anything, the play of the shadows only enhanced his contours. Himmel was folding his shirt diligently when he took it out of her hands and tossed it aside. He had the same look in his eyes that he had had when they had last kissed. Hunger. I wasn't planning on this tonight, he said, but I never know what to expect with you. He leaned in, cupping one of her cheeks. Himmel fell backwards, spreading her legs without even thinking about it. Levi fit against her so well, as though that space between her legs had been made specifically for him, and now she could feel his warm, hard need pressing up against her core. All that separated them were two layers of clothing, but it felt miles too far. Levi left a trail of wet, open-mouthed kisses down her neck, lingering at her collarbone. She bit back a sound of surprise, instead losing one hand in his hair and putting another on his nape, encouraging him further. Your skin is so soft, he whispered. He then began going lower. He took one of her breasts into his palm, running his calloused finger over her nipple and making her arch her back into his touch. I never imagined you to be the foreplay type, she admitted. Now you know something new about me. Himmel wrapped her legs around his, pressing him further against her, and she was delighted when the softest of gasps broke through his facade. Well, I'm not the foreplay type, she said. She could feel his cock twitch against her at that. But then he said, we can't. Why not? Military law aside, the mess. Himmel laughed as she sat up, forcing him to rise with her. She pressed her palm against his crotch, and always cool, always restrained Levi, leaned into her. You worry too much. Here. She held up his uniform shirt that she had taken off him not a few minutes ago. We'll put this under us, and everyone already knows I do the laundry at night. When he didn't move, she grew bolder and reached her hand down his trousers to get even closer. She gripped his cock through his cotton boxers, and his mouth dropped open. Fuck, Mel. Now she was unbuttoning his pants, now she was pulling them down to his knees, and now she was pressing her full breasts against his chest, hooking her chin over his shoulder. If you tell me you don't want to, I'll stop and pretend like none of this happened, she promised. The two of them teetered there for several seconds, and then he put his arms around her in a tender embrace. <sighs> Hanji and Eren are awake downstairs, he sighed. She pressed a kiss against his neck, soft and sweet, and then she extricated her hand from his pants and pulled away as his hold slackened. He let go of her reluctantly, and the two of them got dressed in hot silence. Both of them were displeased by how they had been forced to end things, but Himmel was thankful that Levi at least had the sense to stop them. 
Tonight truly was risky, with two attentive people awake not far below them. Once they were both presentable again, Levi picked up a book and reclaimed his spot at the head of the bed. But this time, Himmel dared to do something different. She crawled onto his lap, forcing him to lift up the book, and nestled herself into the corner so her rear was on the bed and her legs were draped across Levi's lap. Oi, he said, not actually rebuking her. She grabbed her own book off the desk and began reading. Levi rested his arms on her legs, and after a few moments, he held the book in one hand and let the other wrap lazily around her ankle. Shame we're in the military, she muttered. We wouldn't be together now if not for the military. Let me rephrase. Shame you're my captain. He ran his hand up to her knee and back down soothingly. A couple days into Hanji's stay, they were all having lunch together outside. The team was still trying to make sense of Eden's inability to transform in the well earlier, and Himmel sat beside him, watching him gingerly hold a spoon in his heavily bandaged hand. She knew entirely too well how hard it was when the only thing you knew about yourself was that you were a freak. She saw him drop his spoon and lean down to pick it up, and in the next second there was the familiar green flash that blinded everyone. Everyone was screaming and shouting, blades drawn. Eden was frightened and panicking. While the others were down on the ground, Himmel sat cross-legged on the titan's back beside Eden. Himmel, get the hell away from him! That order hadn't come from Levi, so she soundly ignored it. Eden, she said quietly, take a deep breath. It's all right. But I, I don't understand. I don't know why. Eden, she said a little more firmly, deep breaths. I know you're not a threat. Levi knows you're not a threat. The others will realize soon, too. We'll figure this out. She put a hand on his shoulder and stood up with him. The warmth that she always felt when she touched him was a hundredfold when he was connected to this titan body, and it almost overwhelmed her, but she didn't let it show. He managed to wrench his arm free of the titan's body, and it began to evaporate, much to Hanji's dismay. Himmel helped Eden off the titan and onto the bench, while most of the team continued to be upset. Some of them had yet to put away their blades. Why did you do that? Eden asked her. Why would you get so close to me? I'd like to know that too, Levi said. You were de-escalating the men, and I was de-escalating Eden. I didn't give you those orders. You're welcome anyways. Levi gave her a vicious glare, and the entire rest of the day was shadowed by a pall of uncertainty. Eden had promised not to transform without permission. On top of that, even though he had been unable to transform upon command, he had partially transformed only hours after that. It was baffling to everyone, until Hanji put two and two together. There at the dinner table inside the castle, all four men who had pointed their blades at Eden bit their hands in penance. The look of startle and relief that swept over Eden's features had to have been the same one Himmel had worn when they had all said she didn't need to wear her mask. Acceptance. Trust. That night up in Levi's room, there was no horseplay like there had been a couple nights previous. Levi was waiting for her, still in his full uniform minus the ODM gear and belts. He looked positively furious. What the fuck were you thinking? he demanded. The exact same thing I told you earlier. I knew you'd handle your men, so I handled Eden. He attacked that girl he's best friends with that one time. He could have swatted you out of existence like a fly. He wasn't going to, though. You had no guarantee of that. She gave him a hard look. This wasn't one of my martyr complex moves like you're thinking. Then tell me what the fuck it was. He's terrified, Levi. Couldn't you see that in his face? 
Hear it in his voice? He's just a kid with this monster inside him that he doesn't know anything about. But I've been training with him for three years, and I know that he's good. He would never harm a comrade. He is always on humanity's side. I knew that this transformation must have been something accidental. Why else would he do it? When something that serious and that incomprehensible happens, all you want is someone to tell you it's okay. You're okay. And so that's what I did. Levi was quiet for a moment, and then he asked, Was there someone there to tell you that it was okay? I was just told that this is the way I am, and that the next client was waiting. He sighed and rubbed at his brow, then took off his uniform jacket and all of the belts. Her secret sat between them like a sleeping titan. Do you want me to leave? she asked. Do whatever you want. She wanted to be with him, but she couldn't tell if the feeling was mutual. However, Levi wasn't one to mince words. If he wanted her to go back to her room, he would have said as much. The fact that he was still in his full uniform when she arrived was also unnatural. Maybe today's events had rattled him more than he was letting on. Himmel got into the bed, nestled in the corner, feet spread out down the length of the bed. Tonight she had a different book Hanji had brought, some sort of adventure novel. Levi crawled into bed, and she raised her legs so he could sit beside her, and she could drape them over his lap like they'd been doing recently. Tonight he had nothing to occupy himself, and he sat stock still for several long minutes. Then he leaned towards her, and Himmel raised her left arm so his head could rest on her chest. She repositioned herself slightly so she could put her arm on his side, her book in her lap. It feels like the world is slowly turning upside down, he said. We better hang on tight. And there we go, chapter 11 in the can. Thanks a lot for listening. Um, you know, this one followed canon pretty closely, except for the addition of Himmel. Had a lot of fun introducing Hanji in this chapter because they're one of my most favorite characters. So uh, look forward to Hanji being in this story quite prominently as we move on. And um, one very important thing. So Himmel's past of what happened before she met Levi is a secret. And I don't want to give away spoilers, but I also just want to make something clear, I guess. Um, right now, the way she talks about having had clients and having been forced into doing things, it may sound like um, she was a victim of some form of sexual crimes as a small child, but that is not the case. So I just want to, because uh, I do understand that that is a very serious trigger for some people, I would just like to clarify that that is not what happened. Uh, later on we'll find out what actually did happen, so uh, I hope that that doesn't uh, turn you away from the story. Okay, uh, thanks again. Please feel free to subscribe and also hop onto AO3 and, you know, just let me know that you listened and uh, what you thought about it. Thanks again. Hope you have a great day. Bye-bye.